Hi. Hello. Ah. We are here. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. And that's Corinne. And I'm Sabrina. And Corinne, we're recording for the very first time in your brand new apartment. We're breaking it in. Let's find out if it's haunted. Oh my gosh. It's here. We are. We're going <laughs> to figure it out. It's a brand new building. It was, I mean, I think it was built like two or three years ago. But we know that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything, but this is a good test to see how many floors up a ghost can travel because I, if anyone knows the Boston area, I am now in the West End in one of those large, tall apartments. So we'll see. But I live with Brian now, so he will also experience the ghostiness. You're living together premarital. Oh, my God. So risque. Yeah, it is. It is such a sin. Such a sin. I pray for myself (laughs) every night. (laughs) Satan is coming for you now. (laughs) Welcome. I've been waiting for you. I'm kidding. Nick and I lived together for five years before marriage, so (laughs) who am I to talk? (laughs) Yeah, but you made up for it because you got married three times. So, (laughs) All right. Well, now we need two more to make up for it, really. I actually – I need to tell you something really quick. I basically found a way to essentially time travel. (gasps) No. Well – Sort of. So when you come to Boston next, we have to do this. Okay. In the north end of Boston, there is a restaurant. It's called Galleria Umberto. It's on Hanover Street, which is like one of the main strips in the north end that has all Mm -hmm. the Italian restaurants. It's a pizza place, and it is only open Monday through Friday from 1045 to 2 or like 2.30. So random. Very short hours, Monday through Friday, and also – you it's so easy to miss because the the door is kind of like short to walk in it's almost i feel like a, a tall person would have to duck in mm-hmm. but then once you duck in and you go into this restaurant it is really big and it has all the decorations from probably when it was first opened and you go up to the counter and you get what you get essentially so like there are a couple different calzones that you can order yeah. you can order like water bottles and soda and then just cheese pizza <gasps> That's it. Get him a bill. But the Serena, three slices of pizza and two water bottles were $8 flat. I was like, what? You mean one slice of pizza? It was wild. Wow. So basically, the prices like were in the 1960s. Wow. A water bottle for $1 in the, the city is time travel. At a restaurant. (laughs) I guess I haven't bought a water bottle at a restaurant in a very long time. Because I buy the Trader Joe's ones, which are like 89 cents. See, yes. When you go to a grocery store, it's a little more normal. But, oh my gosh, I was shocked. I couldn't stop thinking about it after I went there. I was like, I don't think that that was a real place. And like, where's the sales tax? Why was this an even number? It's like that story we read of the the guy who went bowling. And then when he went back, it was like completely different. Well, this place is basically that, but it's real, it's live, and you can go. I'm not going to say I'm disappointed, but I went I, – I thought you were going to say that when you get there, it's like a speakeasy and you go behind a door and people are dressed up in like 1920s Ugh. garb or like – No. It's from back then. But I mean, I, I'm still excited. I want to use pizza for, <laughs> for cheap. Yeah. But – but, no, um, we can we can go. And also you're we're doing your bachelorette in New Orleans. And so I'm sure there's speakeasies from the twenties over there. <laughs> I am so excited. There was a point in time when I nearly sacrificed my dream of going to New Orleans for my bachelorette just because of how forked up this past year was. But I'm so glad that I stuck 
with it because I haven't even gone yet and I think it's gonna be the best weekend of my life. <laughs> I really do. I really do. I agree with you. I think it's gonna be freaking fantastic. I think I'm gonna thrive there. I think I'm gonna want to live there after being there. Oh my God, what if I have a past life from New Orleans? And that's why I truly, when I think about New Orleans, my heart flutters. Yeah, I was gonna say you always wanna do stories from New Orleans. You get so excited when our topic is, I, we've done the topic like two or three times because mm-hmm. you're always like, New Orleans. I love it. Love it. Well, we should do the weekend before we go, we should do an episode or even while we're there, we should have an episode lined up that's about New Orleans to come out that weekend. Honestly, I feel like I feel like I did that in our shoot. Did you? I don't know. <gasps> you you know, maybe I didn't. Mom. Maybe. Oh, I didn't. Well, we can do it now. We can do it now. I think maybe I just started picking stuff out for when I knew inevitably. Oh, <laughs> yes. I inevitably knew we would. And so oh, I already so picked out my topic. There. I just didn't schedule it. Oh, well, now we'll schedule it. This is great. Okay, amazing. And now we will also get into the heart of this episode, which is reading your stories, your encounters with the other side, the strange, the unusual. This is an encounters episode. Yes. And we freaking love them and talk about them constantly. And honestly, I feel like every time I run into someone who listens to the podcast or every time I talk to my mom, we always talk about the encounters that people send in. They stick with us. They really do. And so this is amazing. And we're stoked. And please keep sending them to us. Please do. I'm going to read an email from Roxy. Okay. Hello, ghostesses. I'm a fairly new listener. I started a couple episodes from the beginning and then jumped to the newer one, so I have no idea what's happened in between yet. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, I absolutely love you guys, and you make my commute to visit my family so much better. I live almost an hour away in the boonies, so when I do get to go visit my family, I go through dark back roads, and they make your stories so much more interesting and scare the (laughs) crap out of me. (laughs) Ha ha ha. So thank you so much for being my companions. I also listen to your podcast with my almost two-year-old mother of the year here in the backseat. And it's cute because he sings or mumbles, whatever he decides that day, your intro music. And I feel like he will be a future listener. I need a video of that. That's so cute. We have to tell Arms Akimbo, who are the bands that need our intro. So cute. Well, enough about that. Let's get to why we're here. Again, I'm a new listener, so I'm not sure if you've covered this subject, but I used to work at a retirement community in a western suburb about 45 miles away from downtown Chicago. Let me just say I have never encountered so many different supernatural encounters than when I worked here. I started in October 2009 when my friend got me a job as a receptionist for a very upscale retirement home. And these apartments are ridiculous. Super nice, 24-hour security and maintenance, bi-weekly housekeeping, swimming pool, private gym, just about everything that you can think of. When I first started, it was great. I got to meet such amazing people and staff, and we had a very good relationship with the security guards because in the evenings and weekends, we were stuck together in the same office space. Needless to say, some of the security guards decided to tell me some information about the place that management really wouldn't want anyone saying. Oh, I'm so glad we get to hear it. (laughs) Me too. He told me the history of the location and the original buildings. The skilled nursing building used to be a tuberculosis home for kids. Already a bad sign. So I'd been at this job for almost a year when my first encounter happened. I was just closing up the residential reception area and getting my stuff ready so that I could go to the administrative offices in the back since I had many jobs when I worked there. And I was finishing up a project for my boss. It was about 10 p.m. and I was getting tired since I'd been there all day. I started at 7 a.m., And I went back to the front reception area to check in with the guard. Let's call him John and make sure that he didn't need anything before I left. 
So let me paint this setting for everyone. When you walk into this place, you are met with a very beautiful entrance with a winding staircase to the left and a beautiful sitting area with a fireplace that reaches all the way up to the ceiling. So if you look up, you see some of the apartment doors and these four huge pillars on all four sides upstairs. If someone passes behind one, you can't see them until they reach the other side. But none of them are positioned to be hidden, so you will always see the person on the other side. The reception area is to the left when you walk in, and it's enclosed, so you have to go through a door to get in. And the door happens to be down this long hallway where the mini mart is, the gift shop. This retirement place has everything. (laughs) Friggin' Disney World. The gift shop, a side conference room, the creativity center, and at the end of the hallway is one of the elevators and the gym. I headed over to see John, but he was already out doing rounds. So I left a note saying goodnight and headed back towards the administrative offices, which was the opposite way of the reception area. The lights in the hallway are all on a timer. So at 10 p.m., all of the lights start to dim. Ooh. That's so creepy, yeah. especially if you hit it right at 10 uh. and you're starting to walk through. Ugh. I head towards the employee lounge, which is by the administrative wing, and I'm walking towards the double doors where through them as a loading dock and the door to the employee lounge. When out of the corner of my eye, at the end of the hall, to my left, in the admin wing, I see a woman that looks to be in her early 60s, late 50s, wearing a white dress. I looked over and she's staring straight at me. I froze for what felt like hours, but it was only a minute and I didn't look away. It was as if I couldn't, no matter how hard I tried. She had no facial features. (gasps) Oh, (gasps) not that I could remember. Oh my gosh, I have so many chills. But she turned away and walked towards accounting and I booked it out of there. I called John and I told him what happened and he met me by my car and asked if I was okay. Here I was thinking, oh, he's just going to say it's all in my head. You're just tired. It was nothing, blah, blah, blah. Nope. Wrong. He asked if she said anything. What kind of dress she had on? Did I see her face? That's when I got scared. I told him I saw something, but I never mentioned the dress or that I couldn't see her face. I decided to not do late nights for a while. About one year later, I took on yet another job there and was the new aide to our catered living building. Pretty much these residents are independent and living independently, but they do have an aide that is there until midnight. I'd been working this position for a couple months and it was very spooky. You have no other person with you from about 7 p.m. to midnight. And there were visits from the home health aides that would be there from time to time, but it was just really creepy. Now, this building was old, very outdated. The front lobby and the reception desk looked like an old doctor's office with the sliding windows in the front desk. In the lobby were two huge pillars, like the ones in the main building, and it was extremely small. So if someone else was there, you cannot miss them, even if they were small. So one night, I'm patiently waiting for the damn clock to say 12 a.m. We had to wait to switch the phones over to the guards when we left so that if any of the residents would call downstairs, it would go to them. I was waiting at the desk with all of my belongings on the chair, just waiting to go home after a long day. And I remember getting a sick feeling in the pit of my stomach and getting really cold. Now, if you've ever been to a retirement community, you will know that old people tend to like the temperature at hot, very hot, even during the summer. So to feel this chill was weird when no air units were on. I was texting my sister since I started to get a little nervous when out of nowhere, I see her. It was this little old lady with a long, dark gray shawl over her hunched shoulders with light white hair using a walker. I didn't recognize her since I had been working there almost three to four years and had never seen this woman. I leave the office to follow her. It wasn't uncommon for residents to take walks throughout the building. 
They were all connected and there were a lot of buildings, but this building was the last one on the property. She was about to get to the last pillar in the lobby when she stopped and turned towards me. I asked, ma'am, are you lost? I thought maybe she was an assisted living resident who snuck out. It happens more than I would like to admit. She looked at me, she smiled, and kept walking towards the pillar and went behind it, but never appeared on the other side. I ran over there to see if she'd fallen or something, but she was gone. I said, fuck this shit. I grabbed my purse. I booked it out of that building. I did not turn the lights off, lock the office, switch the phones over. I just needed to get out. I ran to my car. I locked the doors. I drove to the employee lounge where the clock-in machine was to clock out. (laughs) (laughs) At least you did that. The guards are usually in the middle of a shift change, and I found them both in the parking lot. I didn't realize that I had tears streaming down my face until they both asked me what was wrong. We were all very close to each other, so we all grew amazing friendships, and I told them what I had seen and what happened. They both looked at me with wide eyes, and when I finished, the one guard looked to the other guard and just said, well, looks like she's moved over to that building tonight. I wondered where she was. Oh, what? All of the guards have stories that I could write to you, but that would be pages long. But for now, these are two of my biggest ghost stories that I have. There's a top hat man, a little girl in a nursing home, a poltergeist in our auditorium, and so much more. And there's even a story that made the news of a trickster ghost who knocks on the door of every apartment at 3 a.m. in two buildings. Craziness. Well, I'm sorry I talked your ear off. And if you are interested in any more stories, I'd be happy to send them over. Have a beautiful day and see you on the other side. Love always, Roxy. Yes, Roxy, send them all over. Oh my god, she did send other ones, so we'll we'll probably I'm gonna save those to read at another. Oh, time. okay. Because I'm so curious. That first encounter that Roxy had with the woman with no face. It is so clear that the guard has seen her. I know how scary. And I need to know the guard's experience with that, and I want to know. I want to know more. And I also want to know who this woman who wanders around the buildings is. And I want to know who this trickster who knocks on the door at 3 a.m. is. Like, this is, there are so many hauntings here. I am just so thoroughly creeped out by the fact that she just said, oh, I saw something. And the guard was like, what color dress was she wearing? Did you get to see her face? Like, it was this full mystery of (gasps) why is she faceless? I I have chills again. Just saying faceless makes me so scared. I know. But it's not not her fault. Well, I don't know, though, because I think we've read stories before and we've talked about the fact that sometimes, depending on someone's death, they might not fully appear, whether it be their appearance of how they died, Mm -hmm. whether it be something having to do with their head if they were faceless, or if it's just something in terms of the way that they're their own like shame or not wanting to present themselves. Mm -hmm. But then on the flip side, I feel like faceless is also one of the things. It's a classic like horror movie trope. This is an evil entity. I know, but I also just feel like I don't know. Listen, it takes a lot of energy energy for me to show up in my normal day to day. So like, <laughs> I just imagine it's probably harder to show up in the paranormal life too. Like, I don't know. Is you don't want to put your makeup on when she says she has to put her face on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to put your face on. <laughs> I guess you don't have to. Oh my gosh, how much easier would life be if you didn't have to like worry about what your face looked like? What are her all faceless blobs? The pandemic kind of blessed us with some of that. Like That's I don't true. wear makeup unless I unless I must or feel like it. My unibrow has never shown up more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I got my eyebrows waxed for the first time in a year and a half. Like three months ago. My favorite is when you go after a long time, they're like, oh, wow, you really needed that. 
<laughs> yeah and they're like are you doing your upper lip today and you're like yes bitch i am okay you don't have to ask. actually no i'm not i don't want to i want to keep my hairy mustache growing it out <laughs> i started doing mine honestly when i was 12 because i had such a fear of it coming in <laughs> that i've just been waxing i don't even know if i have a mustache because i just wax it constantly oh my god like if i just get at it early enough oh i for sure have one it will be okay my favorite game to play in the pandemic, which I'm glad we're coming to an end, was facial hair or no facial hair for men because oh. that it makes such a difference of what someone looks like. It really does. And it ages people or makes them look a lot younger. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Some people do really well with facial hair too. I agree. I agree. I think some people found their primes <laughs> just finally being able to let it grow in and experiment with different styles. I love that this is where we got to after talking about a faceless ghost in a <laughs> <laughs> So how do you put wax in your mustache? To goatee or not to goatee? That is the question. Uh, no goatee, please. <laughs> Um, Roxy, you work in a very haunted place and I kind of want to visit. We want to come visit. <gasps> Do we just say that at the same time? <laughs> I think Roxy has to host us. <laughs> wow. Are there any rooms to rent? Can we just oh spend the gosh. night? Actually, no way. I wouldn't sleep. No. Not with a faceless lady. But also there's so many places and activities to do. We wouldn't be able to sleep. We'd have to try to do everything in one night. So many buildings. Yeah, you'd want to be walking around. Also, I'm curious. I want to hear more of the guards' stories. And also yes. I want to hear what the residents say. Oh, that's a great question. Oh, also when you were reading, um, I thought the second encounter was going to – because you the way that Roxy wrote it was – and then I saw her. So I thought it was going to be the faceless woman the again. Faceless lady again. And I, my stomach dropped. But there's just so many spirits there. I know. Oh, I have chills again. Every time we say faceless lady, I get the chills. But also, I think it's really interesting that actually kind of fun for the guards to always just try to spot this little old lady hunched over with her cane, just walking, smiling, just having a good time and just disappearing. It's like, what, what place is she in tonight? Yeah. At first, you I never was know. thinking – yeah. It wouldn't make sense because Roxy said she didn't recognize her. But at first I was like, what if this was a resident who just passed and is basically just the light at the end of the tunnel is really far away. And she just has to keep walking towards it. Like in the movie. Oh, Soul, you know how they have that really oh, long yeah. bridge. That's sad to think man, that oh, she's man. walking that she's trying to get there. That's such a sad notion. I know. Sorry to depress us. I have a story from Hadley. And it is called A Room of Dolls and a Long Night. Not as fun as it sounds. <laughs> oh, my God. Hadley, I will be honest. Anytime you say A Room of Dolls and a Long Night, that's not going to sound fun. It doesn't sound fun at all. Does not sound. It sounds like my nightmare. And I have a feeling it's your nightmare, too. <laughs> okay. Also, oh, my gosh, this makes me so happy. In the beginning of the email, she, like, wrote from Hadley to my favorite podcast ever. Oh, I love that. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I have been wanting to write this story for a while, and for some reason, I decided tonight was the night. Here it goes. I have always had a high sensitivity to my surroundings and more supernatural-type experiences since I was little. I used to be convinced my houses were haunted or that I saw shadows, but nothing compares to the experience I had. When I was about 11, my family had moved back from another state. We had been staying at my grandparents' house while looking to purchase a new home, but at the time there wasn't a lot. So we were at my grandparents' for about four months. 
In that four-month span, my senses of what I would consider supernatural were at an all-time peak, and I doubt I could ever reach that level again. As I am sure you guys know, children are way more susceptible to the other side than adults. So, while staying at my grandparents, we would rotate our rooms every once in a while, just so we could sleep on a bed instead of a blow-up mattress. One night, it was my turn to sleep in the room with the actual bed. The catch was that that room was wall-to-wall covered with those tiny collector dolls with real hair. Oh, no. My grandma loved to collect them, and it made sense for her to store them in the spare bedroom. But I always hated the dolls. But I was also pretty desperate to get a good night's sleep, so I sucked it up and tucked myself in for the night. I fell asleep, only to wake up to a feeling like I was being watched. Not by the dolls, but by something else. I was so scared, so I shoved my head into the pillow and then slowly looked to the foot of my bed. There was a pale white face with pitch black eyes and a gaping mouth floating, standing at the edge of the bed. I could not move due to my fear. I just watched it as it watched me. It never moved or said anything, but I could feel nothing but dread. It was horrible. I did what any child would do, and I forced myself under my blankets and shut my eyes as tight as I could. After what felt like quite a bit of time, I checked to see if it was gone, and I looked and froze again as it was still there. Then again, I knew that the only thing I could do was force myself to sleep and hope to God it left me alone. I woke up the next morning and told my mom about what had happened, and she believed that I had seen something, but was convinced it was my great-grandmother reaching out to me. But I know for a fact that whatever that was was not loving nor caring, and I still think about it to this day and wonder what the hell happened. Thank you for reading and see you on the other side. Here is also a picture of my new kitten, Ruth. (gasps) Ruthie. Ruth is so cute. Oh, Ruth is adorable. Wow. Um, just anything with a gaping mouth, (laughs) hard pass. Hard pass. Hard, hard, hard pass. Ugh. And just the fact that it was standing there and staring for so long. Why do they always have to appear at the foot of the bed? Like, I I don't know. I don't want them next to the bed or on the bed, but also the foot of the bed. It just, it feels like when something's at the foot of the bed, it's ready to pounce, doesn't it? Yeah. And because I feel like we've read so many stories where like a shadow figure comes closer and closer and closer every time Mm -hmm. I do blank or whatever. But the fact that this was just standing there the whole time staring for who knows how long of a period of time is almost more – no, they're both threatening. But it's it's so unpredictable because at least like with a shadow person Mm -hmm. coming every time you blink, you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to blink or I – I know what's going to happen when I blink again, whereas this is like you don't know what it's planning or what it's trying to do. Yeah, you estimate the the increment of space that's yeah. gained every you time. You have a little bit more time. You blink your eyes. Oh, gosh. Sabrina, you just put a horrible image into my mind. What? What did I now do? I'm just, well, no, I'm just envisioning just having an eye-to-eye staring contest for 20 minutes and then just blinking and suddenly it's right in front oh. of you breathing on your nose. <gasps> With it still, it's gaping open mouth. Oh. If it's oh my God, the open mouth hanging over you. <laughs> oh. Wait, this reminds me of, oh my gosh, what is, is it scary movie? Is it scary movie? I, it might have been, oh, I think it's The Ring. Sorry, they make fun of it in scary movie, but mm. it's The Ring where when people die after seven days, they're found. So someone will be like sitting in a chair or in a closet and their mouth is like. Like jaw broken? Yeah. yeah. Jaw, oh God. <sighs> There is also a movie where I feel like 
the entity, its jaw drops and it like has this like piercing scream that comes out of its mouth. Hmm. I can I can envision it perfectly, but I don't know what it was exactly or what it is. Is it a scene maybe in The Conjuring or one of the Conjuring movies? Maybe. If you're listening to this and screaming, it's the movie, please send it to me because I need to know. Yeah. Also, we usually, I say usually because it doesn't happen always, but usually post an Instagram graphic for episodes. So yeah, sometimes for we this forget. one, <laughs> sometimes we forget, like maybe the past three weeks, but give us a break. We've been on TikTok. Um, we can't do two mediums. <laughs> You've been on TikTok. Well, actually, I've been creeping. Now I'm addicted. So, well, you watch, now you watch TikToks. I'm a lurker. I'm a TikTok lurker. Soon, yes, but planned creator. You will be a creator soon enough. But yeah. um, if you know what Sabrina's talking about, <laughs> comment on the Instagram graphics so that we can see. Okay. I have a. Email from Leah. Okay. Hello, Ghostesses. My name is Leah Kay, and I've been binging your show over the past few months during quarantine, and you ladies have definitely brought some light to this otherwise currently pretty dark world. Well, it's come coming light at the end of the tunnel now. Yeah. During the summertime, I'm a counselor at a camp in the mountains of North Carolina. This camp opened in 1927, so it's pretty much guaranteed that there are some spooky residents still hanging around. But I wanted to tell you about an experience I had that changed my life. For privacy reasons, I'll be changing the names of the kids involved. My camp has a program where once a week, every year, they host children of wounded, ill, injured, or fallen U.S. soldiers so that these kids can get a normal childhood experience with all of the craziness and sadness that they've experienced in their lives. Wow. This program is a nonprofit organization, and it's completely free for these families. Although this year, because of COVID, they were unable to have a designated week just for these kids, so they would send them throughout the summer so that they would still be able to come to camp. Side note, I know it sounds totally crazy that a summer camp would be open during the midst of a global pandemic, but we basically redesigned the structure of the camp so that everything would be safe. Social distancing, mask wearing, daily temperatures and symptom checks, all that. We were totally safe and had no confirmed cases the entire summer. And honestly, I have to say, if after being in Vermont for the majority of the pandemic, I feel like a summer camp in North Carolina would be pretty dang safe. You're outside, lots of space. Mm-hmm. Sounds ideal. That does sound nice. Okay. I had one of these kids in my cabin this summer. Let's call her Grace. Grace was eight, and this past year, her dad had been discharged from the military due to some health problems. I don't know the whole story, but from what Grace told me, her dad had a heart attack in the kitchen, uh-huh. and she had been the one to find his body. Oh, no. And by looking at Grace, you would never know that she had experienced such tragedy. She's one of the sweetest, kindest, and most incredible girls I've ever had the privilege of knowing, and she's truly changed my life. Uh-huh. Grace had initially only come to camp for one week, and she had such an amazing time that she was actually put on the wait list to come to camp for a second week, the last week of summer. It's usually extremely uncommon that counselors will get the same camper in their cabin two weeks in a row. But when I came into our staff meeting on Sunday for the last week of camp, I saw my list of campers for that week. And there she was. I ended up crying in the bathroom in my cabin after I found out because I was so excited to see her again. But that's unrelated. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) That's so sweet. Anyways, this particular experience happened on a Wednesday night. Grace was having a rough night and missed her dad a lot. So I sat in the bathroom with her so that she could get all of her tears out while all the other girls had gone to bed. We were sitting on the bathroom floor and I asked her if she ever saw her dad. And she told me yes, that she sees him all the time and that she'd even seen him earlier that night. 
I told her that sometimes I see my past loved ones and that it was totally normal. And that's when one of the showers in the bathroom turned on (gasps) by itself. It stayed on for a few minutes and then it turned itself back off. All of the other girls in our cabin were fast asleep out in the main room and the plumbing was a little weird since the cabins were so old, but I'd never seen the showers turn on by themselves. Oh, I was a little freaked out, but Grace looked up and just said, Hi, Daddy. Is that you? <laughs> oh, I'm chilled. This is so nice. As you can imagine, it was instant tears for me. Even more so when Grace tells me that the shower she had showered in that night was the one that turned on by itself. Aww. Grace got up from where she was sitting on the floor and went to sit in front of the shower. She asked, Daddy, if that's you, I love you and I miss you so much. I wish you were here. And the shower turned on again. Stop. She sat there in front of the shower for probably 20 more minutes, having a full conversation with her dad and getting actual responses from him by turning the shower (gasps) on and off. No. I didn't want to interrupt her moment with him. But at this point, it was around 11 p.m. and the kids were supposed to be in bed asleep by 10 p.m. So I came over to the shower. I introduced myself to him and I told him that I was Grace's counselor and that I'm glad that he was able to talk to her. But it was time for her to go to bed. The shower turned on again and then off again for the last time that night. And Grace said, goodbye, Danny. I love you. And I'll see you in my dreams tonight. After Grace was in bed and asleep, I came back into the bathroom and I tested the shower handles to see if it was just a fluke thing with the plumbing. But the only way those showers would turn on and use as much water as they did was if someone pushed all the way down on the handles. Stop. There was no way it would turn on and off without someone actually touching it. I sat in the bathroom probably for 30 more minutes and I just cried. (laughs) I've had a few paranormal experiences in my life, but never anything like what I had just seen. Even though she had lost her dad so fast and in such a horrible way, he was still able to talk to her and let her know that he was with her. It's been almost two months since this happened, and I still think about it every day. Grace is an amazing girl who changed my life, and I wanted to share her story. Thank you so much for taking the time to read my story. I fall asleep to your podcast every night. For Sabrina, I'm a Hufflepuff. I know she's a big Harry Potter fan, and so am I, so I just thought I'd share that. I hope you have an amazing day. And are staying safe. See you on the other side. Leah K. Wow. Fellow Huff. What's up? But <laughs> this is the most magical, heartwarming story. Truly. So sweet. It's so sweet. And she was there. She was there as She witnessed. witnessed. For like 20 minutes. It's not just an imaginative kid missing her dad and and trying to find signs. Like it's it's a long-lasting communication. And for it to turn on and off, on and off, on and off repetitively is just, I mean, there's no denying that that is something supernatural. Right. And also, let's just notice this one thing that happened. When Leah Kay said, nice to meet you, but Grace really needs to go mm-hmm. sleep now, the shower turned on and off. An acknowledgement to her, not yeah. to, to Grace, an acknowledgement to her and then never turned on again. It Ugh. closed the conversation. It was like, okay, all right, good night. That was it. And also it started exactly when Leah Kay had said, it's okay, you know, that's normal to see your loved ones once in a while. And then the shower turned on. Like it is Ugh. undeniably, Ugh. oh my God. It's like he was standing there the whole time. And as soon as he knew he was it was waiting okay for his in cue. a safe space for his it was a safe space for his daughter yeah you know oh, it wasn't just about leah k believing in him it was a safe space for his daughter to experience yeah and be able to talk <laughs> about it and be open and so that's exactly when he was like this is my moment let me do it 
Wow. I can talk to her now. This is beautiful. <sighs> wow. Oh, thank you for sharing that with us. I almost forgot about the the open gaping mouth from the story before. <laughs> almost. Just almost. Yes. The story had a little bit of love and magic in it. Okay. This is a story from Ashley, and it's called, You Asked for Alien Stories, dot, 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 and in all caps, ATTENTION, VIDEOS ATTACHED. <laughs> VIDEOS? Yeah. I haven't watched Running them yet. Running to this email right now. Okay, I won't. Okay. Dear Ghostesses, hello there from a brand new listener. I'm obsessed with all things eerie, mostly alien stories, and I have no idea why I have never before stumbled across your podcast. After you read my story, maybe you'll guess my theory behind that. Hee <laughs> hee. Correction, this is not my story. This is my new husband's story. Side note, we also got married mid-pandemic, but totally alone on a mountain in a town of like eight people and zero guests. So Sabrina, I feel your wedding woes. However, your Stanley Hotel mini wedding sounded glorious. Um, okay, so this is Adam's story. And before I tell it, I'd like to mention the most cavalier way he had of revealing it to me. We were sitting around with some good friends telling spooky stories literally all night long, and he just sat there, nothing to add. And right when we're all about to go to bed, he just one-sentence style tells this very epic alien story. He later mentioned he was too afraid to talk about it out loud and had planned on never telling anyone, hence the tight lips all night. Still, we were all just so stunned at his no-big-deal demeanor about it, which actually made it all the more convincing. We now, against his wishes, sorry babe, all refer to him <laughs> as Alien Adam. Oh no! Whenever Adam does something super odd or has zero emotion to some crazy emotional-inducing thing, we just look at one another and say, alien. Okay, okay, so I'll get to the actual story, which is honestly rather short despite the super long-winded email, but I love details. One night in February-ish of 2016, Adam and his bestie Alex went camping in Red River Gorge, Kentucky, a location well-known for creepy encounters of all sorts. Definitely worth an episode or at least a Google sesh. He and his pals prefer to sleep in their hammocks rather than take the time to pitch a tent, but this night, his friend decided that it was too cold and opted to take it one step easier and just sleep in his car. Adam was having trouble finding the perfect equidistant trees, so he tied one end of his hammock to the roof rack of Alex's car and the other end to a tree and problem solved. The next morning, as they were packing up and drinking coffee, Adam thumbed through pics on his phone from the previous day's adventures. He noticed that he must have butt videoed in the middle of the night because he found a pitch black 30-ish minute video in his camera roll, but he thought nothing of it. When they were driving back, he mentioned it to Alex and they decided to play it through the speakers to see if they could hear any cool wildlife sounds. Within the first few seconds of the video though, you do not hear nature sounds. You hear someone asking the question, do you have any young children? Or maybe it's, do you have any of your own children? You can't 100% tell due to the accent, but it's definitely a man who is clearly asking something about children. It sounds a lot like a 1950s radio PSA or maybe like the late 1990s commercials that said, it's 10 p.m., do you know where your kids are? That type of vibe. Also, against Adam's wishes, he'll forgive us, I promise, lol. I have attached the video so you can listen for yourself. Mm. Feel free to play on the podcast, but just oh. know that Adam is 1,000% against this as he thinks the aliens will come to punish me and not him. 
He says they're smart enough to realize that this is a me thing. LOL. <laughs> but I will take my chances. Come at me, alien bros. If you wanted me to keep my mouth shut, maybe you should have been smart enough to wipe your human play toys cell phones. LOL. <laughs> After that, you hear what sounds like someone hiking through the woods, leaves crunching beneath their feet, and then bam, a loud car door slams and silence. However, if you're listening to it on surround sound in your living room, like we were the first time my friends and I heard it, you hear so much more. You hear the faint clinking and clanking of metal. You hear what sounds like perhaps monks mming and humming, maybe. At one point, you hear Darth Vader-esque breathing. My friends are pretty hippie, and they somehow picked out the tuning of the humming sound and said something about it being tuned to the same pitch and frequency as Earth. I didn't get it, and admittedly didn't really believe their theory on that one. Haha. <laughs> then you just keep hearing weird shit like that for a long time. Then the flying saucer begins its descent. Yep, you guessed it. You hear what sounds like wind against a plane landing. Then a loud door opens. There's lots of walking over crunchy woodsy floor and then whoosh, the sound it makes when you jump into a hammock. All at once, you hear what sounds like a radio frequency changing really quickly, perhaps some more voice murmurs, but you can't make out what they're saying. And then you see a red light or orb zoom in a circle around the screen and click. Adam stops the video, assumingly goes back to sleep whilst they wipe his memory, and Adam has zero recollection of even waking up to pee in the middle of the night, which, having camped with Adam many times by now, is so unlike him. He usually gets up at least twice, because he's not a very sound camper sleeper. He wasn't wise enough to check his entire body for foreign objects and the like. What a noob. So we'll never know the answer to that, and Alex seemed completely oblivious to the entire evening as well. We thought perhaps the car doors opening and closing were his doors since Adam was attached to his car while sleeping, but Alex says no. He never once woke up in the middle of the night, he didn't hear any doors opening, and his were locked. But the story doesn't quite stop there. This is where I come in, lol. Being the alien-obsessed person that I am, I begged him to give me this video, as did my friends, and he complied. I have since played and emailed and shared this video to literally every person I know, lol. And the weirdest things happen each time. They get deleted, basically. I used to send it via an email attachment, and after the first email, I'd always just go to my sent box, type in alien, find it, and forward it. Around the third time, though, I could not find it. It wasn't on my phone, and even though I literally never cleaned out my email, it was no longer in my sent folder. I searched my friend's name that I had sent it to, searched their correct email addresses, and nothing. So our friend Danny emailed it back to me and I would forward it on. Next time I play it for someone, they of course want it. So I go to my email to forward it and it's gone. Danny re-emails. You get the idea. This continues all the time. Danny was getting annoyed, lol. So the next time I upload and save the video to my Google Drive. Flash forward, we have new friends. Bingo. Fresh years. My favorite. <laughs> I decided that I'd save it until we all went camping together and then reveal it. But of course, I was talking it up the days leading up to it, and I knew we wouldn't have any cell phone service where we'd be camping, so I downloaded them to my files on my iPhone. I felt like that location was the quickest and easiest to access rather than having to sift through my photos, and of course, since it randomly deleted once before, I thought maybe the file's location was more secure. We're all sitting around the fire, ready to be scared to death, and it's not there. It was not in my files. The next morning, we drove to town for breakfast. 
perfect time to re-download it. So I did. I saved it to my camera roll when we got service and played it over breakfast. While we were on our way home, my phone totally crashed and acted as if it didn't update, which it didn't. iPhones need to be plugged in to update, and mine definitely was not, and it was nearly dead at that. Flash forward again, new camping trip, new people. This time I have cell service, so I just play it straight from my Google Drive, but then my friends want to text a copy of it to their family, so I downloaded it and texted it, and in the middle of the night, my phone did that weird update thing again, and the videos were no longer in my camera roll, but everything else was still there, just like before. That was March of 2020, and I hadn't played it until this past weekend in October of 2020. I played it again via my Google Drive to scare Adam's cousin, And for the first time since March, during that same day, my phone just randomly restarted. It happened once again on the way home a few days later. However, my videos are still in my Google Drive folder. Do aliens have limitations to their tampering? And is one of those limitations really Google Drive of all things? (laughs) Sounds ridiculous. So I challenged them out loud in the car like an idiot, lol. I basically said... If you want me to agree to never play these videos again, delete them from my Google Drive and I will stop. I guess we'll see what happens. It's been a few days and as I sat down to type this email, I checked and they're still there. What a hilarious thought, right? If these technical difficulties have been caused by the aliens, why can't they just hack my password and delete them for good? Did they just decide that I'm a tenacious one and just give up? Humans one, aliens one zillion? Surely not. LOL. (laughs) Adam says that one day I'll be set straight and regret having so much fun with someone else's story. He's probably right. Damn dude is almost always right. Weird. Adam is not only almost always right, he's never shook. Nothing upsets him. Nothing worries him. He's the most zen mother effer I've ever met. And he's literally unfazed about anything, which is why he's an alien. It took quite the willpower to press pause on Two Girls, One Ghost long enough to write this. Hee hee. I am really so excited to have three years worth of content to keep me company this winter. I have a number of other stories that I can't wait to share too. I hope I didn't ruin things by sharing this one first. Even though I love it, I'm still not sure it's my favorite. I'll write back soon with the Do You Know a Ghost and maybe a few tales from the haunting of the MU football team or maybe a little bit about my family and their creepy abilities. Side brag. We just finished a huge family tree project tracing our lineage back to Edgar Allan frickin' Poe. Whoa. I must brush up on my wordsmithing before next time, though, to honor him more properly. The other tales from Red River Gorge include seeing things, hearing things, completely forgetting the entire night and winding up very far away from camp, and parts of the land are said to be old native burial sites. Who knows the answer behind Adam's mystery iPhone videos? I cannot wait to hear your thoughts. Do you think I should keep sharing? Do you think they'll eventually get wise and delete it from my Google Drive? Do you think they've gone so far as to block me from finding your podcast because they just knew I wouldn't be able to resist sharing it with all of you to hear? (laughs) LOL. So many questions, which is the underlying appeal to all things supernatural for me anyway. Ah, beauty in the questions. See you lovely ghosties on the other side, XOXO, Baylor. P.S. There are actually two videos attached because Adam uses ancient old technology. His original videos were on like an iPhone 1 or something, so they had to be split into two when he tried to share them. LOL. Okay, well, we obviously can't listen to 30 minutes of video right now, but we should listen to just the beginning. 100%. Okay, listen to Alien Video 1. Let's <gasps> what the Oh my god, I have to stop it. I ha- I can't keep going. 
I can't listen to it with headphones in. I don't like hearing it okay. in my ears. I'm just going to play the first 10 seconds for everyone to listen to. So I'm going to unplug my microphone. I mean, my uh, headphones. Okay. Volume up. Okay. That was so clear. I like I feel uncomfortable. I thought I was really gonna have to struggle to like make out the words. This is so creepy. And okay, this I have a theory. I have a theory. I don't think it's a broadcast. I don't think it's a person. I don't think it's a ghost. (gasps) I think it's an alien. And I think you know how in the movie Up, how Doug the dog has the collar that translates what he's saying into English for the main characters of Up to Understand, I think aliens have the same technology yes. and they're – the people that were camping have no idea that they're standing there talking to aliens because they, of course, get their brains wiped. It their also, memories wiped okay, after. It also sounds almost like robotic-y and metal. So I totally agree with what you're saying. But it also kind of sounds like what if this video was taken inside of the alien spacecraft? Because it sounds like they're speaking through like a speakerphone, like as if you were – it is my this is my theory this is how i'm imagining it the aliens abducted adam and alex they or maybe just adam who knows they bring them to their spacecraft and they put them in the medical room and while they're they're being interrogated through these like met through these speakers is what i'm imagining yes yes and also the fact that they ask like do you have any children either they want to know because of some sort of change in your like biological makeup or whatever mm. or are they trying to find the next person for their longitudinal study you know how like people will say just kind of like the hat man where it'll be passed down familial lines like they might want to study adam and then study adam's kids and then adam's Ugh. grandkids and just continue to pick them up every year or two oh my god and i guess it's easy since adam likes to go camping <laughs> Baylor, if you I okay, I would be concerned, Baylor, when you have a child, it might be an alien. <laughs> well, if Baylor, if you if Baylor, that's what you want. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Wait, I'm okay, we're gonna get permission. It sounds like we will never get Adam's permission, but it sounds like we'll get Baylor's permission to share this with everyone because it's 30 minutes. Like I I don't think I can watch this by myself. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I need I need support. I need someone like holding my hand. And you're so you know far we away. Should we should put it on. We should put it on Patreon as <gasps> as one of those. Like I'm pretty sure you can just post it publicly. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's do that because there's no because Instagram won't let us upload 30 minutes. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to listen to this, which is fucked up of me, but. Uh, that like creepy. I'm, I truly, I might have just changed my opinion about wanting to be ad- abducted. I truly like. I think this was like a a pivotal moment in my life. Really, I I did not. I do not feel good after listening to this twelve seconds. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, not to make you even more scared, but you should you should just like sit down and not do anything or touch anything and just like listen to the first. One no, of these, I can't the do that. Video. Not by my, I really, I really couldn't do that by my, like I, I feel very unsettled right now. Oh, wow. Maybe you were abducted already and this is why it's affecting you because your, your body's reacting. <gasps> You're having like Maybe. muscle memory of 
of being abducted because I listen to that and I'm like excited and spooked, but I don't feel off about it. I don't feel super affected. I just feel jazzed and pumped to listen to the whole thing. But maybe you were abducted and so it's hitting it's it's hitting a nerve with you because you're getting your body's having flashbacks. Suppressed memory. I'm having is about a very adverse forward. reaction, so it might be possible. Yeah. Or maybe wow. Yeah, I don't know. Wish and and you shall receive. You might not remember. But though, I don't remember. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the first time I said it that night, I was abducted. And I don't remember. They're like, okay. <laughs> it's like when you make a Christmas wish to like Santa or something. Mm. <laughs> You're just like ask something. And they're like, great. We got this Whoa. new request. Go visit Sabrina in Los Angeles. Wow. Um, I. I do, I'm so glad that Adam doesn't remember, but it's so crazy that all the anytime she sends the video, it doesn't it like deletes except from Google Drive. I know. I'm so glad. And now ours is us. in Google Drive. I'm downloading it right now. I can't risk not being able to go back to this. <laughs> Am I going to be the one that's abducted now because I'm obsessed with listening to it? Maybe. I don't know. But that's wild. Oh my gosh. And you know what else is? It makes me think the phone wasn't. Sorry. <laughs> I could talk about this for ten minutes. I could talk about this for longer. Yeah. But a podcast 10 minutes is like a off podcast three hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, the fact that the movie is a – it's a movie. So we're listening to the audio. It's not just like a sound recording. Mm-hmm. It's a movie taken, but it's completely black, which makes me think two things. Either Adam really was abducted and his phone was like in his back pocket mm-hmm. unknowingly on. And so that's why it's completely pitch dark. Or there was some sort of technology manipulation where – there were no lights or there never are lights. What if they don't need lights? They can just see everything. And so the people who are abducted are just sitting there in absolute, <gasps> complete pitch dark, can't see a single thing and are just hearing these things, hearing footsteps, being poked and prodded, hearing the loudspeaker and you see nothing. Well, okay. I hate all of this. I really feel, I feel very uncomfortable right now. I Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Wow, I'm shocked that I feel this way because I usually am like so jazzed. But um, she did write that at a point there's like a red orb and like like a like a saucer type of situation. So it's like almost like it was going from the end of the the abduction to when they like put them back. And I really do think I know Alex said his car doors were locked, but aliens are powerful. They could totally unlock the doors. You hear doors banging, apparently. So it's very possible that both of them were abducted and then like put back where they found them and the doors were shut, everything. And they just don't remember. Right. Well, because we've read a few stories like this in other encounters where people will be – remember, there there were two stories that I'm remembering distinctly. There was one where people – a group of people were in a car and they look up and they see a UFO and then everything goes black and then they wake up again like a mile down the road and they're all sitting in different seats, like the wrong seats of the car. Like they were put back, oh, yeah. back incorrectly. And then the other one I remember is a group of people – it was a family and they were walking up the driveway – and the mom, they see the UFO and the mom says something like, just keep going. or like, don't look. And then everything goes black. And then they wake up face down in their beds at weird angles. Oh, I oh. Okay. Let me take us out of this. Okay, please. I have an email from Jerry that I think might be a little <laughs> bit lighter. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. Although it's titled a potential scary slash paranormal slash crime story. Okay. I lived in a large two-story house out on the farm in the middle of the country with an apartment upstairs, which had an outside wooden stairway as well as an inside stairway. When I was a preteen, one summer day, I had a friend over to spend the night. We were upstairs hanging out in the bedrooms 
Both parents had gone to work and we were home alone. We started hearing footsteps coming up the stairs from outside and we were freaking out. We knew the doors were locked, but to hide anywhere than where we were, we would have had to walk past the outside door to get to the inside door and then go downstairs. So we ended up just hiding in the bedroom. I had a friend hide under the bed, pre-Liam Neeson style, and I stood in the doorway with the only weapon I could find, a cardboard flat from a bolt of the fabric. I was ready to chop them in the throat. Still ready. Still ready. Till my arms hurt. I kept hearing footsteps. How many were out there? Were they going to come up? Were they going up and down to freak us out? What were they? I turned to say something to my friend who was still under the bed. And then I noticed our chickens outside the window on the second story roof. The fat effers had all hopped up the outside stairs, climbed under the railing and were on the roof for God knows what reason, enjoying the warm day. Those were the footsteps that we heard. Them hopping up and down the stairs. Oh. Too embarrassed to ever tell anyone. That was 45 plus years ago. LOL. Sorry for the misleading title, but I couldn't resist. Hope you all had a good laugh. Love you guys. Thanks for the great stories, too. On the other side, Jerry from Scary, Illinois. No, this is amazing. I know. I love every once in a while when we just get to read a, a listener email where it just seems like it's something horrible and then... Then you're like, oh, and then I debunked it. The chickens. <laughs> the chickens. It's chickens. It. I mean, I get it. When you're home alone and you're a kid, like, that's terrifying. But the fact that they were, like, hiding for so long is just – you feel for them because I've been there. I've been that person. And to realize it was the chickens. It was the chickens. I love how they're like, why are they going back and forth? Like, what is their intention? What are they trying to do to our psyche? Are they trying to freak Mm -hmm. us out? What are they looking for? Trying to find a way in. Just think about like the fat chickens just like plop, plop, (laughs) each getting themselves up a stair. Not knowing that on the other side of the door, there's a teen terrified under the bed and another teen gripping the only thing he could make into a makeshift weapon. Preteen, even younger. Preteen. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. That reminds me of when I didn't think it was anything paranormal or break-in, but I thought there were gunshots outside of my house one summer when I was like 16. And I was home alone with my dog, Wrinkles, at the time. And me and Wrinkles, we went straight to the ground like body to the ground and just laid on the oh. ground like in the office under the desk hiding for like 45 minutes and i kept hearing every once in a while it sounded like a gunshot and i called my mom freaking out and she was like it's the summertime it's probably fireworks and it was probably definitely fireworks oh <laughs> yeah i mean that they do sound it is scary yeah it is um yeah, I do that like weekly. I'm like, I hear a sound and I'm like, someone's trying to break in. Yes. Daily even. Honestly, it would be nice to not have so much paranoia. But at the same time, I feel like a healthy amount of paranoia keeps you safer and keeps you more prepared. Yeah. Better than yeah. just being like, oh, that's just city noise. Drown it out. And then something horrible happens. Yeah. And surprises you. Not to say live in anxiety, a constant state of <laughs> or, or maybe it's just the chickens going up and down the stairs. It's the chickens. Okay, so I have to go to the bathroom really, really badly, but I'm really nervous that it was the aliens are making me need to go to the bathroom so that when I walk away from the screen, they're going to abduct me. <laughs> and it's going to be a really quick thing because I think time works very differently in the spacecrafts. So I'm really nervous to leave. Well, it's going to be really awkward if I just see them kind of dragging your body across the screen. I'm like, hello? <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's why I think they want me to leave the screen. Just keep it on and talk. You can talk the whole time if you want. 
Okay. I don't know. Okay. Okay. BRB. Not abducted yet. Still here. Still, still here. Wonderful. No abductions in sight. <laughs> still here. Still here. <laughs> Sabrina just texted me. Still here. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to read another alien story. <laughs> oh, thank God. Oh, golly. Okay. Okay. This is from Sarah. And it's called Aliens in Cornfields on Christmas with some men in black, maybe, and Pennywise? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh. Hello, ghostesses. Settle in. It's a long one. Hi, it's Sarah from middle of nowhere, Indiana again. And I was surprised by your interest in my stories about aliens, doppelgangers, and more. And I know that it's been a little more than a year now, but it feels like this is the right time to share it. Before that, though, I wanted to explain a little bit about why it's taken so long. Obviously, the pandemic has drastically altered all of our lives. For me, this meant getting unceremoniously kicked out of my dorm when my school closed, bouncing around from couch to couch while trying to graduate college online, and frantically searching for a job because I had exactly $30.77 in my bank account. However, there is a scarier reason that I didn't write sooner. Before all of this craziness happened, I lived in Chicago on the 14th floor of a student dormitory with three other roommates. My last full semester of college, I was absolutely swamped with projects and spent about an average of six or seven hours a day writing, researching, sewing, and weaving, I went to art school, lol, on top of my classes and my part-time job. Needless to say, I was exhausted. I could barely keep my eyes open until I had a brilliant thought. I would scare myself into staying awake. Naturally, I started binging every ghostly and true crime podcast and YouTube channel I could think of, including my fave TGOG. I spent a few weeks like this, working in the living room and scaring myself silly to stay awake. And while it was super effective at keeping me enthralled in my work, my life sort of turned into a walking nightmare. I would be at school climbing up the cramped, echoing stairwell to class and would feel so anxious and watched that I would start sprinting, taking them two at a time. I would come home from school to an empty apartment and feel uneasy like I had just walked into something that I shouldn't have. Once, I thought my roommate was home singing in her room, and turns out she was halfway across the city at that time. But although I am a believer, I kind of just chalked it up to being jumpy from my horror binge, and I thought it was just my imagination running wild. I'm going to take this moment to describe one of my roommates, Leah. Leah and I both believed in the supernatural while our other two roommates were skeptical and generally didn't like ghosts or horror movies. The thing about Leah, though, is that I think she is far, far more sensitive to that realm than me. She has prophetic dreams that are often terrifying, and she sees things way more often than I do. And when she gets a weird vibe, I trust her judgment unequivocally. Whenever weird things happened in the apartment before, she and I would exchange glances and wordlessly decide to never speak of such incidents again. We both believe that if we acknowledge these strange happenings, they would only get worse. About three weeks after I began my rapid-fire intake of scary content, Leah came into the living room looking timid. I was working, like usual, but when I saw the look on her face, I popped out one earbud to talk to her. She asked me if I had felt anything off in the apartment lately, and I told her a little bit, but I didn't really think it was anything more than the usual weirdness. Oh, she said. Well, I've been feeling something weird in the living room. The last couple of nights, I've been seeing dark 
figures running past the windows outside of the windows. I stared at her. I just want to reiterate that we lived on the 14th floor. Oh, my Corinne, God. look out your window. What'd you say? I said, Corinne, look out your window. I already was thinking that a UFO <laughs> is going to be hovering outside of it earlier when we were talking. <laughs> She continued, and then last night in the hallway leading to our bedrooms, I saw that one had come inside. He was just standing there. I don't know. The energy has changed in here, and I don't know why. Do you? Sheepishly, I told her my study strategy, and she theorized that I was maybe opening myself and our apartment up to something we didn't want to deal with. I agreed for her sake to stop for a while. It seemed to work, but then the pandemic hit, and we all had to go our separate ways. I definitely think my stress and anxiety during this time, on top of the fear I was feeling, was calling to some unpleasant entities. Now, I live with my boyfriend, whose only paranormal experience is this. He was opening the store he works at and was all by himself messing with the cash registers and the computer, and in the back corner, there was a toy Pennywise doll from the movie It, and out of nowhere, the motion-activated doll that was facing the wall, I might add, cackles and says i can smell your fear my boyfriend just looks up bored at the doll and says hate that and just went back to work <laughs> i really don't think <laughs> picture him as a paranormal like ghost hunter travel channel picks it up and something happens you just like hate that hate that it. <laughs> and then he just went back to work i really don't think ghosts stand a chance around him But now let's get to the aliens. This is for you, Sabrina. LOL. I was about 15 or 16, and my grandma and uncle were driving me home from Christmas Eve at my aunt's house. We had taken the longest way home because we wanted to look at all the Christmas lights on our way. So we found ourselves on desolate back road, two-lane highway that was quite empty due to the holidays. Cornfields and little farmhouses covered in twinkling lights were all you could see for miles. I was a pretty grumpy teenager, and I had been in a bad mood for most of the night for some unknown reason. I was staring out the window moodily when I saw a huge fiery green thing falling from the sky. It was exploding and streaking emerald green across the heavens and impacted just past the distant edge of the tree line of the field we were passing. We were too far away to feel the ground shake, but I saw the green light double and dim. It definitely hit the ground hard. It had been several miles away, but it still looked massive from the distance we were at. Quickly, I ripped out my earbuds and said, hey, you guys saw that, right? What was it? It was huge. My grandma had seen it as it crashed into earth and commented on the green color, but my uncle had his eyes on the road and somehow missed it. I was ecstatic. (gasps) What if it's aliens? Can we go look for where that thing crashed? We know the direction, even if it's not aliens. Pretty unlikely to me. That was giant. My uncle, a good man who rarely denied me anything I wanted, agreed and immediately took the next right so we could start making our way back towards where we had seen it fall. All of us were laughing at our little weird family deciding to search for aliens when most families were asleep at home waiting for Santa. It was a very happy memory despite what happened next. Back roads are pretty familiar for my uncle. He preferred them since he enjoyed going on scenic drives and getting lost, as he called it. As we began snaking our way back, I helped him navigate with my phone, making sure we were still as parallel as we could be to the road we had been on. The roads began to get smaller and smaller. There were no houses and only empty fields or dark, gnarled woods on either side of us. We were doing pretty well and after maybe 20 minutes, we should have been getting close. But right as we should have come upon the stretch of field that would have held our prize, the road veered sharply to the left. We wouldn't be able to get closer unless we got out and walked, which simply was not happening. 
By this time, my alien chatter had died down and my grandma had all but convinced me that we had seen a large meteor with huge amounts of copper deposit in it, which would have explained the green color as it burned as it entered the atmosphere. I agreed that we could turn back, and as we started heading towards our home, we still drove on these narrow roads. There were no houses here, just farmland. And it was Christmas Eve in an extremely, extremely small, extremely Catholic Indiana town. Out of nowhere, I swear it was like it was waiting for us. A huge black SUV appeared behind us. Its brights on full blast, driving fast. This was odd, considering the circumstances, but I didn't think much of it. My uncle grumbled at the aggressive lights and tailgating of the vehicle and began pulling to the side to let it pass, but it wouldn't. It just kept staying behind us, slowing just enough to not run us over. Without saying anything, my uncle sped up and we made it back to the highway we had been on when it all began. And this SUV followed us. I could tell my uncle wasn't saying anything about it now because he didn't want me to notice, but boy did I notice. He and my grandma talked about meteors. My family really likes rocks, lol. But I watched this black, nondescript car follow us off the highway, onto the interstate, off the exit ramp to our town, down Main Street, onto our road, and for one second, I thought it was going to slow and pull into our house behind us. But instead, it continued on. Which was even more strange because the only thing past our house in that direction was the interstate that we had just been on. So what are the odds of that, that some random car that we picked up in the middle of nowhere follows us all the way to our house just to get back on a road that it was already on to begin with? My grandma and uncle say it was a coincidence, but I know they were just as nervous as me on that ride home. That car had terrible vibes, and I swear my hair was standing on end the whole time. And when I dared to look back at it, my face would be lit up by their headlights. It felt like whoever was in that car was making direct eye contact with me, and I hated it. On top of that, there was never a huge meteor recorded in our county. What do you ladies think? I had a bunch more stories to tell you guys, but this is already long. I have many ghost hunting experiences with my childhood friends, along with some creepy pictures, a couple of time slips, my creepy doppelganger that I think one of my coworkers just saw, sad face, some creepy text from a number that doesn't exist, and maybe a text from the future, And also the dumbest prophetic dream in history. I love this podcast and you girls have gotten me through so many slow days and so many long drives. I'm terrified 100% of the time, but it's worth it. (laughs) See you on the other side, Sarah. Okay. I have to say the experience with the black car following them reminded Mm -hmm. me so much how one of our friends from college was driving himself cross country with just a map. And was trying to like follow some back roads, accidentally found himself in Area 51, but did not know that, but was being followed by a black car, eventually pulled over so that the car could pass. Thought he was about to get killed because he was getting such bad vibes. Was trying to call his dad, panicked. And the guy basically was like, you need to leave and made sure to follow him all the way out of the area. And he was, and I'm pretty sure his phone was tapped after that. That's so scary. Yes. So, I mean, we talk about Area 51 as a lot of people do when it comes to aliens. But don't you think that if what happens at Area 51 is UFO-oriented, is alien-oriented, that the same people who work there are also all over the world and or maybe the U.S. specifically if we're talking about Area 51, um, doing the same sort of like recon. It's basically men in black. It is. It for sure is. And it's just so weird because it's like Men in Black, we did an episode on them where like sometimes 
there's like some debate if they're an alien entity or if they are the government and it's mm-hmm. just not really clear. But it is it does feel alien to me in the sense that like they're they always show up right away. Yes. Like how do they show up if they're unless it's like government people are kind of stationed everywhere and they're monitoring these spacecrafts that are coming in because there's some technology that's not known to the rest of the world, just the government. And so they know when and where something's going to crash so they're prepared. I don't know. I just feel like the level of security would have to be so high because the fact that the Navy and the Air Force and all of these different uh, U.S. military organizations are coming out being like, yes, there are UFOs. No, we don't know what's going on. And a lot of other countries have uh, like prime ministers and presidents and, and people that are saying similar things. So if everyone's like, yeah, we see stuff, but we don't know what's happening and has videos that are public and talks about their experience and are freaked out and not able to like really intervene appropriately – the level of clearance and the level of technology that the men in black in this scenario would have to have would far surpass anything that we currently have mm-hmm. and that I believe our military personnel know about. I think it's a whole different sector. It's something deep, deep. It's very secret. Very. Conspiracy theories yet again. How do we How do we get staff? I don't know. But I know one thing for sure. We've dug ourselves a grave. They'll never hire us because of what we've already done on this <laughs> podcast. They like, can't trust them. Yeah, that's true. But I would like sw- – I would like give – give like it's – you know how like some people like give their soul to like Satan? Yeah. I would give my soul to the secret agency. Here's the thing. I think the podcast would be the best cover for that, right? Because yeah. we talk about it. We theorize about it. So people are going to be like, oh, no, those those ladies are loony and they talk out their butts all the time. So we could be talking about real things and no one would ever know. I think it's the best cover. Hire us today, please. That's my application. (laughs) (laughs) Or are we already hired? Oh, we're going to get sued. (laughs) Stop telling everyone you work for us. (laughs) There's no name agency. Yeah. Okay. But we're not, we're still not talking about that Chucky doll. Just Pennywise doll. Pennywise. I can smell your fear. Is that what it said? Yes. Ooh. Creepy. I do appreciate her husband's response. I agree. Or her boy, her boyfriend's response. Boyfriend. I am curious if, like, what the toy says on a normal basis, if that's something that it's, like, programmed to say when it, when it is, you it know. It seems like a Pennywise thing to say. But it unprompted, does. it's just creepy. Yes. Especially if it's, like, motion-censored or something like that. That's the thing I hate the most is when motion-centered – censored toys will go off in a different room and you're just like what the hell is in there i know i hate it i mean i grew up with that happening all the yes. time all so the time creepy you can just hide in your big comfy bed okay i have an email it's called i'm already over ghosts or shadow people or whatever the hell was just in my room <laughs> oh no <laughs> hey ladies and miss Leia. I love you guys so much, and you have been half of the reason being a freelance writer that just moved and has no friends in a new place isn't terrible. But I'm sure you guys get so many compliments that I won't try to impress you with flattery. Gets right to my story. Honestly, we like it. We appreciate it. It helps. We do. And that was very flattering. So thank you. Feeds our egos. Yes. Well, yeah. We need – please compliment us. Everyone (laughs) needs a little bit of love. I would like to preface this with I am probably one of the heaviest sleepers known to man. I just moved in with my fiance. Shout out to Sabrina. Engaged buddies. Congrats. And one day he was being really silly. He got inches away from my face at different points while he was getting ready for work, testing to see how deeply I really slept. 
I never even knew that he did it until he told me days later and then we laughed about it. Fast forward to tonight. I had a horrible day. I didn't get my assignment finished. Then I had to rush home to my parents' hometown to go to the doctor because I'm still technically living there. I waited forever at the doctor's office because it's two days before Christmas, all while not having eaten or drank anything at all because I was just so focused on my assignment and then getting to the doctor's office on time and it just didn't even cross my mind that food was important. So I'm pretty much over everything life had to offer by this time and I finally got home and then I ate. And since no one was going to be in the house for a few hours and especially since I didn't get a ton of sleep the previous night, I decided a nap was in order. And since it's winter, it gets dark at 5 p.m. So taking a nap at 6.30 meant it was dark anyway. So I set my alarm to go off in half an hour so I didn't sleep the whole evening away and not be able to sleep at night. My alarm went off a few times and I snoozed it because I just needed to sleep. My dreams were also weirdly realistic, even though it felt like I was in a video game trying to beat the bad guy. Well, I abruptly snap out of my dream and I sit up on my elbows, feeling a presence in my room. I look at the corner where my door is and the darkest corner of the room, and I swear I see my mom or my sister standing in the dark, facing my mirror, holding their phone because I saw a bit of light coming from where their hand would be. Well, I heard my sister leave for work, so I know it's not her. I assume I must have just never heard my parents come home since I'm such a heavy sleeper. So I groggily say, Mom, 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 what do you want? Mom, I'm even shaking my foot under the blanket toward what I think is my mom. And still, nothing. And now I start to feel panicky. The figure is standing there, not seeming to move, and doesn't make a sound to calm me down. I'm almost afraid to turn the lights on to see some freak standing in my room, hoping that they don't want to kill me. After a few seconds, which felt like painfully slow minutes, I groggily turn on the light and I see no one is in my room. But I'm afraid the person I swear I saw must have just ducked out below the foot of my bed. So I'm just laying in bed, rubbing my eyes, hoping that it's just a sleepy brain being weird. I ended up calling my fiance who was at our apartment while I'm at my parents' place because I just didn't feel okay being alone in the house. My fiance felt my fear and he decided to stay on Skype with me until my parents got home. Shout out to the most amazing relationship I've been in by far and him validating my feelings. What makes this even scarier for me is I haven't had any ghost encounters in my life. Even though I'm more than positive that our house was built right next to a cemetery from the 1700s. My neighbor across the street used to have old gravestones that she would find in her backyard. Other than that, there's never been any activity that I've experienced before. I mean, my family is part of the Pennsylvania Dutch, so we always joke that when things fall randomly or there are strange noises in our home, it's the spucks. But we're never serious, and as far as I know, no one in my family has ever experienced anything like this in our home. My parents built the home a few years before I was born. The house is like 26 or 27 years old now, so we are the only people who have ever lived here. And the only reason I'm sure that it wasn't a trick of the eyes is that I felt someone had walked into my room, which is why I woke up in the first place. And I swear I could hear someone breathing alongside my fan and AC unit. And the legitimate fear that I felt before turning on the light. Like, whatever was standing in my room wanted me to think it was a real person so that I would be afraid, too afraid to turn on the light. Oh. Terrifying for a few seconds, but I'm still hoping it was just my brain playing a trick on me. I even told my mom and she joked that something must be wrong with me. (laughs) (laughs) My parents are super religious, so they don't believe in ghosts. They believe in demons, but I think that that's a stretch to call whatever I saw a demon. I never felt like it wanted to hurt me, but maybe just give me a small fright for kicks. Stay spooky and best wishes for all in the new year. Hopefully it's a lot better than this year. Laura. P.S. While I don't have any pictures of kitties to offer to goddesses of podcasting. (laughs) That's the flattery. There's the flattery. 
Wow. I hope pictures of my doggo Buster will suffice. Laura, you saved the flattery for the end. The flattery, I know. Buster is so precious. He's a lab and he has the little God, wrinkle in his so forehead cute. and his soft velvety forehead. I just want to smooch him right between his oh, eyes. I was like, I love to pet that little, that little yes, line. Yes, it's, it's so, so really so soft. Oh, oh, I love him. Cute. Look at the little tiny white tip of his tail. Oh, so cute. <laughs> Let's talk about the cute things rather than the scary things. Well, it's easier to talk about cuteness because I'm scared. I don't know. I... I imagine because Laura was in a – I like how you've put a light under your chin. I'm trying to light up the room with my cell phone <laughs> light. I'll put you know how, bed. like, people say that, you know, when you're sleeping, it and myself included, are it's easier to access the paranormal world mm-hmm. because, you, you know, you're less inhibited and, and you're just like – it's more your subconscious than your conscious brain – that I truly believe when you're when you're in that state, you have a more of a connection. So because she had been taking a nap, maybe she had kind of crossed that bound and been able to see something that she usually doesn't. And so when she kind of woke up groggily, she saw a spirit. Yeah. And the fact that it was standing in the mirror makes me also think, as we've talked about before, mirrors are portals. So maybe just like for a moment, something slipped through. Oh, that's true. That very much you. That's so creepy. It makes me think of insidious and just the in-between and the spirits trying to come for your body mm-hmm. as your astral projecting. But then the other thing too, so I really like your theory. But then the other thing too is the the version that I think she believes to be true, which is that she's a very deep sleeper. And so for her to wake up and sense anyone's presence when her own fiance was like nose to nose with her and she never woke up, that that means your body's reacting like fight or flight, like wake the freak mm-hmm. up and make sure that you're okay. Because she just shot up onto her elbow, she said. She just woof, was awake. Creepy. Wow. Very. We had a couple light light encounters in here, but mostly creepy. But what do you have to, to end us on? Um. Uh. It's it's a, it's a mix. It's it's actually this actually is a good one. To end okay. On. This is from Flora, and it's called "Little Girl in My Closet: A Story from the Netherlands." And I know it sounds scary from the subject line. Hello, gorgeous ghostly girls. I have a spooky story for you. I just relocated from Los Angeles to the Netherlands and moved into a beautiful apartment that was built in 1782. I saged it right away as soon as I moved in, but I still had chilly feelings whenever I'm in the apartment, particularly in our bedroom, which is the entire attic of the house. Whenever my boyfriend's away on business trip, I'd rather sleep on the couch in our living room on the ground floor than in our bedroom because the attic always gives me an intense, creepy feeling. I have seen shadows walking around our bedroom and also the door to our restroom on the ground floor would open and close by itself in the middle of the night usually around 3 a.m. when I was home alone. Long story short, I decided to contact a medium to cleanse the house. Her name is Tessa. Tessa came to the house this morning and was able to immediately make contact with two spirits that reside at the house. One little girl who lives in her closet, exclamation point, in the bedroom, and her grandma who also hangs out and walks around in our bedroom. Tessa told me the little girl lived in our house during World War II and she won't leave the house because she is waiting for her mom, which made my heart melt. Her grandma is worried for her, so the grandma is sticking around to watch over the little girl. Tessa said the spirits don't have bad intentions, but since I'm a highly sensitive person, I am able to feel the sadness and unrest energy in the house, which in turn makes me scared. 
Tessa went on to say that the little station I set up in the apartment to pray to Buddha and my mom, who passed away in 2018 from cancer, has become a portal of light for spirits to cross through. She then invited the little girl's mom to come to the portal to meet the little girl and the grandma. And then all three of them crossed over to the light and left the apartment. Tessa said it's good to have a portal of light to enable spirits to have a place to cross through. Sometimes she has to create one if there isn't one, but my little Buddha station has naturally become one. She informed me that sometimes spirits will pass through my house to use the portal, but I don't have to worry because they won't bother us. Tessa said my mom came forward to her and visited us during the session to speak to us. She then proceeded to tell me a lot of things about my sister, who lives in Seattle, and about my mom, which are things that a complete stranger could have never known. I was so moved by Tessa's words because she described my mom's personality to a T, which proved to me that she is the real deal. She said my mom is always beside us to guide and to watch over both my sister and I, and if I ask her for help, she is there to help us. But the act of asking is important, which I didn't know before. I was so grateful for Tessa and the decision to cleanse the house because now I feel safe at home and feel comforted knowing that my mom is watching over my family. Tiny tear. I miss her immensely. Moving to the Netherlands has been difficult and a lonely process, but I have strength knowing that my mom is by my side. I have included some pics of the house, especially the attic, so you can see what it looks like. I love your podcast and fall asleep to it many nights. Stay spectacularly spooky, and I'll see you on the other side. Boo, Flora. I am wondering now if the little girl, at first I was like, oh, this is sad. The little girl's waiting for her mom, and her mom's passed over, and now the grandma's now stuck here waiting too. But the little girl may have passed when she was really young during World War II era. Mm-hmm. Well, now that would, I mean. It's possible. It's possible. I'm curious if they can find history of that house. Yeah. So the little girl, the grandma, were reunited with the mother spirit and were okay. pa- and passed over. I'm happy over. about that then. Yeah. My God, yeah. I can't believe I I missed that. See, I was yeah, too that's distracted. Yeah, like big moment. Like, oh my gosh, they're they're stuck. They're stuck. I couldn't think about anything no. else. Thank goodness. How amazing. Yeah. And if you look at the photos of this place, it's beautiful. Beautiful. And what is Tessa's contact? Because... Feel like Tessa's clearly very in tune, knows what she's talking about, and the fact that she was able to talk about things that pertaining to uh, Flora's sister and mom that mm-hmm. she never would have known otherwise because Flora never said anything. I think that's uh, that's proof in and of itself that some people are just so connected to yeah. the spirit world and have these amazing abilities. And amazing that Tessa was able to communicate with Flora's mom in order to have a conversation like that. I just, yeah, we should, Absolutely. we should interview Tessa. I think Flora, will you idea. give a, give us her contact? Cause we're, we're all about interviewing psychic mediums. Yeah. But then also not even interviewing too. I just want, I just want someone to, I want to be read. Like, I okay, want well, to yeah, we can get read. Talk too. to me and tell, tell me things. I would love to do a longer reading. Let's do for it. Sure. I actually signed up for a reading and I can't remember the woman's contact. But I'll let you know. But it's in August. I signed up because my friend oh. Allison did it. Allison told me all about her reading. It took her maybe like an hour to tell me everything oh. that happened. And Sabrina, I started crying. I actually started tearing <gasps> up because knowing Allison and knowing the things that were coming out in her reading, I was like, holy crap, this is so incredibly spot wow. on. Everything was. And it made me really emotional. So I was like, I need to go to this this same person. So I booked myself a session. Wow. So in August, I'll report back. Okay. That's Actually, amazing. I'll be able to tell Should you. Should we do I'll, it in New Orleans? Oh, of course. I feel like we can easily just pop in somewhere and get a reading, right? 
I probably, but we probably want to do some research. Make sure Great. it's not. Yeah. Make sure it's like a legit thing. Anyone have NOLA recommendations for tarot card reading, <gasps> past life reading, or anything? Just anything fun? Connections? Yeah, let us know, please. And if you have any ghost stories, alien encounters, um, anything at all, please email them to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. That's hugely helpful. Do it for all the podcasts that you listen to. Uh, tell other people about the podcast. That's nice. And then we have um, social media. We have Instagram, Twitter. We're now on TikTok with TikTokers. We're and then TikTokers. we have a Facebook group, which our moderators moderate, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's very active, more active than the most haunted house in the world. And we will see you on the other side.